Hello guys, welcome back. It's your girl JJ. Welcome to Black Queen's Republic. Today we're talking about black hair and I have Abby with uh she's actually joining us over the phone. I'll I'll let her actually tell you guys about herself and how she comes in this whole conversation. Hi. Well, I'm Abby and Jane, thank you very much for allowing me to join your podcast today about me. So, I consider myself as a breeder, but overall, it's more of like a, I'm a hairstylist, mm-hmm. but I narrow it down to just a breeder, because I feel like it's a whole different brand here, we need to explore more, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. And so you I, actually studied hair, right? I studied hair, I studied hair, I went to hair school, I was all over the place at first, I wanted to do the weave, and the, like, everything that basically a hairstylist does, mm-hmm. but I have to narrow it down to something that is more more like me, mm-hmm. um, more to the culture, more to something that represents me more, and just try and like branch off from there and get enough knowledge. So after going to hair school, I ended up traveling back home, so I went to Nigeria, I mm-hmm. went to Ghana for a couple of months, yes. just to explore the, um, what is hair in mm-hmm. those two cultures, or find different ways of doing certain braids, and basically like, just, you know, learning new skills mm-hmm. about braiding, and seeing, obviously, the, the pros and cons, the do's and don'ts, mm-hmm. um, so A lot of hairdressers, as you know, in the black community, they don't, I don't want to say they don't tend to have the education piece, but it's not something that you hear about often. Do you think that it's an important piece for people that are wanting to do hairdressing and stuff like that? I think it's it's necessary to have educational background. Yeah. Because... For me, example, like, I learned how to do hair from my older sister, just watching her do hair at home, Mm -hmm. and it became sort of, like, my talents, like, it was, like, my art, it was something that I really loved doing, Mm -hmm. but then I realized that there's more than, more than just standing there and braiding hair, Mm -hmm. you need to have some type of knowledge about not the technique, it's more about the hair. You need to know, oh, I see. like, for instance, you need to know, like, why does one plus one add to two? Like, there are certain things in hair that you need to know. Right. A lot of times when hairstylists or whatever it is don't have that knowledge, mm-hmm. when the client asks you a question, you're not able to answer, and that makes you kind of like, what are you doing, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. They ask you, like, I mean, you might not know everything, but right. once you specialize in something and you know the basic, you, like, it's really important to know the basic. You mm-hmm. might not be 100% accurate because it, learning evolves all the time, but at least you, you should know what is here or why is this happening or obviously there are doctors, but right. there's certain things that you should need to know. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you think that it's a good idea? Very, very, okay. very. Very, very. It's like someone who wants to become a mechanic, a mm-hmm. car mechanic, and just because they've been fixing cars all their all all their lives, mm-hmm. when they go to school, there's going to be an extra education, an extra knowledge that you know probably they've been making a mistake for so many years, and here it is like mm-hmm. there's like a, a theory behind all the things that you're doing or mm-hmm. you've been doing. So that helps. So it's more of the theory part, I'm saying. I see. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about, I've noticed in recent times that natural hair has become, it's become sort of like the the in thing. And mm-hmm. as far as I can remember, it wasn't always. I think it was yeah. never, at least it wasn't marketed to us in that way. Do you think that, that natural hair has really become a standard of beauty and black women are starting to accept themselves or do you think that this has been used as a marketing tool to again like I guess benefit from black culture I would say both mm-hmm. I would can say you both. explain so for the for, 
first point that you made, and I think that black people are sort of like acknowledging mm-hmm. and with the history of like all the mistakes, all the people losing their hair and all the chemicals and stuff that is being put in their hair. Yes. I think a lot of people are, are over the years, uh, have learned from it. Mm-hmm. And also it's more of awareness. Um, there has so been people a lot are realizing of, that, you know what, that's not really good for our hair. Exactly. Right. And it's, it's not. So I think there's a, there has been a lot of, evolution and awareness mm-hmm. in that aspect and for your second point if it's for marketing i think so i think it could be but mm-hmm. at the same time if you're a client and your hair dresser tells you that they are a natural hair specialist right there are certain things that you should expect and if you're not getting that from them then that should tell you that you're probably at the wrong example like in terms of like when i mean it's being used as a marketing tool if you notice when it comes to black bodies for example for a long time black women were shamed for being curvaceous or for yeah for having a certain body type but then now it's like the end thing you you notice like mm-hmm. when kim, when it's called kim kardashian it's like this sexy thing do you think that that is happening with our hair and our hair products especially when you look at who is actually selling black hair products. Yeah, actually when you were talking about it, the first thing that came into my mind is more of the product. Okay, so um, can you speak further, like, more on that? For, okay, so I'll give an example. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, shea butter. Right. Shea butter has been used for so many years back home. Mm-hmm. Like, so many years. That's, like, one of the the most essential products. Right. You know, and then all of a sudden it's like shea butter. Everybody's thinking shea butter, but it's yes, like, it has been there for so many years, and we've people. been using it for from the beginning exactly. of time. Yeah, people didn't acknowledge the the benefits of it. People didn't give 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 respect to that hundred percent natural product. Yes, and then all of a sudden it's like everybody's selling it, everybody's mm-hmm. talking about it, whether it's fake or not, everybody's mm-hmm. into it. So in that aspect, yes. And mm-hmm. there's also like, I don't know, like probably the way certain hair types look like, mm-hmm. um, whether, I don't know, more for like the softer texture or the looser curl type. People that's are, more like, put out there as a standard of hair. There. Yeah. Exactly. More as more like maybe my mine or yours mm-hmm. um, hair texture. And just so for for our listeners, so we have like coarse uh four C hair, if I'm correct. And it's more on the coarser side. But you're you're right that the looser curls, the mm-hmm. you know, and, and are I more think represented. Are more represented. And, and I think that, like, a lot of the time, there's something with, there's a market to say soft hair and, like, yeah. and, like, easier hair to maintain. And, like, mm-hmm. so, and I think that all those things contribute to how we perceive our hair. I want you to think back when you were a little girl. Mm-hmm. Was there a moment, do you remember ever perceiving your hair in a certain way? And if so, what was that way that you perceived your hair? To be honest, I never <laughs> perceived my hair to be any way. Mm-hmm. It was more of the person taking care of my hair that made me know that my hair needs to be a certain way. How, how did they hair. tell you that your, or uh, what was the message that your hair needed to be? My hair... It was more of, you know, like, well, growing up in my era, too, relaxer was, like, really popular. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember. Yes, uh, <laughs> I definitely me. do, yeah. Just for me, like, in the 90s, like, really super heavy, like, very, very popular, wearing girls on the box, you're like, yeah. So it's, like, mm-hmm. those kind of representation, those kind of things, like, yeah. yeah. But I think it's based on what was given to me as my my mom or my sister or mm-hmm. you know, the people around me were more natural. Right. I think 
I would have been embraced into the natural world yeah. rather than the relaxed. So, so you laughed. Like I wanted. Right. You laugh like the representation. I remember that relax. It was called like just for you or something like that. Just for me. Yeah. <laughs> just for me. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I know like for me, my mom, she always had to either like perm my hair or it always had to be braided. It could never be natural. And I always got the, I always got the impression, of course, unsaid, but I got this impression that my hair either it needed to be braided or it needed to be permed because it was easier to deal with. My mom said that multiple times, like, oh, we have to tame your hair. We have to go perm it. Yeah. I, let me correct something that you just said, that mm -hmm. a lot of us make that mistake. Mm -hmm. So the term <clears throat> yes, is not the term. There's, there's the term perm and relax. Okay. So those are two different things. The oh. one that our parents used to do for us, it's called relax. Ah. Relaxing her hair. And perm is when you use the, the curls, mm -hmm. the, the, the rods to make it super curly. You know, like Jerry curls? That's perm. Ah, oh, like S-curl. Exactly. So that's, huh. that's two complete different terms. And I know that in our black community, we use that a lot. But we do. Different. Yeah. That is good to know. Thank you. You're very welcome. No, like you were saying, like your mom would say. That was the messaging that I got. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, see, for her, I would just say it's lack of knowledge. It's mm -hmm. just lack of, like, what is normal, what is not normal. And in her days, probably relaxing hair was what it was. Like, for me, it's just they gave it to me. Like, I, I wanted natural hair. Like, there was a, a girl that. I went to school with, and mm -hmm. she always had, her hair was really natural, she had ribbons, she had cornrows, it's like, it was just so pretty to see, and then I'm like, why is my hair, like, why is my hair looking like that, you know, mm -hmm. like, I admire the natural hair rather than the... So you've the, always uh, sort of had a thing for natural, natural hair. hair. It, mm. was, it was more natural, it was more, I don't know what the style they did for her that made me kind of, like, want it, but mm -hmm. it, was, it was nice to see. Hmm. How did that, do you, when you look back on that and sort of your development into uh, the woman that you are now, what impact do you think that it had on you, good or bad? Because, like putting relaxer in my hair? Putting relaxer in your hair and then having to sort of come to this, because now you're natural, right? Yes. Yeah. How did you come to that and was it difficult or hard? Did you feel left out? I didn't really feel left out. I think when it comes to hair, I'm out of everything. I think I'm more confident about my hair than anything. Mm -hmm. So coming natural was really <clears throat> a big deal for me. It was right. more of when I cut my hair. When I cut my hair and I was natural, that was more of a big deal for people around me. I remember. <laughs> because yeah. natural wasn't a big deal for me. It was really not. It was mm -hmm. more, I think the biggest, my biggest challenge was also the lack of knowledge at that time. I didn't mm -hmm. know. I was just like a consumer who was just, you know, admiring everything and everything. Like, oh, I put this in my hair and it grew my hair. Like, I yeah. was just like, you know, going to everything. Until yes. I went to school and I realized, like, okay, all these things are just, you know, money. Like you said earlier, yeah. or, um, what did you use of the term? A marketing tool. Marketing, yeah. So, no, I, I never I never really struggled with it compared to how a lot of, compared to the stories that I heard around me. But mm -hmm. one thing that I really struggled with mm -hmm. growing up was the length of my hair. Mm, like, how, like it wasn't growing fast enough or... I felt like the girls around me had, like, this long hair, and mm -hmm. I was, like, more of this person who my hair would probably grow up to, like, my neck and stop stare. So I felt like, <laughs> I felt like a lot of, not a lot, but there are people that made some horrible comments about my hair that mm. made me feel really insecure. Yeah. But 
now that I grew up, I realized, like, because I have times where, like, oh, my hair is not growing, or my hair grows up to this length, and it doesn't grow anymore, mm-hmm. and they're comparing themselves, and I'm like, I have to now teach them the theory part of why is it that your hair only grows to a certain length right. for so many years if you're doing the right thing. So that's the only aspect that I think I felt a bit insecure because people were comparing my hair lines with other people. Can you touch on that? What is that theory of why some women's hair doesn't grow as long as others? Fine, putting on the spot. So it's, it's <laughs> Just give me like an hard. example, I guess. So it's the stages of your hair. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's whatever happens. You know, mm. the blood flow, the... It's like a machine underneath there. So mm. basically, depending on how fast your hair grows underneath for it to fall out, uh, fall out of the follicle, I believe. Mm-hmm. It means that your hair doesn't tend to grow longer. Ah. Like, like when it, it comes out, it doesn't grow longer. But if it stays underneath, it takes longer period to grow. Then mm-hmm. that means the intensity of it grows out longer. So, like if you see the Indian certain people, like for India, mm-hmm. how their hair grows really long. Yes. Because that, that theory kind of applies to them that because it takes years for their hair to actually grow before it comes to the surface, which is the scalp. So mm-hmm. the faster, the longer it takes for it to come up, the longer you're going to have and the shorter, the, the, the shorter it is mm-hmm. for it to come out, that means you're going to have short hair. If it oh. has a certain time or certain period that their hair takes to grow before it falls off. Hmm, that's really good to know. That's really good information. I want to touch on the piece about, again, like sticking to the children's piece for, for a second. Yeah. Do you think that the kids that are coming up now have like representation to look back on? Or do you think it was like how we, we grew up and we didn't really see anybody with natural hair? I think the newer generation has probably a, a bit more of flexibility. Mm-hmm. They have because there's more there's more information out there. Yeah. People are more woke, I, I would say. So yeah. I think people are able to choose. Say someone nowadays, like if you want to put relaxer in your hair, you can easily Google it, and they can give you pros and cons. Mm. So it's like now when you read that, it's like that's okay, true. You can literally go punch in for reviews anywhere exactly. on YouTube. Yeah. So um, whereas in our days we didn't have that, that no. uh, flexibility or that um, enough information to know that okay, I want this or I don't want this. So yeah. I would say fifty fifty. Yeah. What do you think is so like the example that I gave about my mom and how she perceived hair? Okay or my hair particularly, what do you think the parents, what's their role in this, you know, getting children, like little black girls to love their hair for what it is? I think it's knowledge. I think it's, it's, it's knowledge. So the parents um, like should go out there and, and learn more about how to maintain their children's hair. Yeah, just to maintain. I think, I think it's really important because for instance, I'm sure one of the reasons Probably your mom was like, let's put relaxer and let's put chemical in your hair. It's, she finds it, it's, it's too difficult for her to manage. And mm-hmm. then too, probably when they were combing it, you were crying. Yes. So, <laughs> you know I'm sensitive. So, <laughs> exactly. So when mm-hmm. I see mothers, they want to put chemical in their dog. I'm like, why? They're like, oh, it's so hard. I can't yeah. do it. She keeps crying. And I'm like, but you can't comb natural hair in a dry state. Very true. You need to keep the hair damp or moist, like water. You need to put water in the hair for a soften or put some conditioner. Mm-hmm. But never dry, never comb or dry hair. It's like you wake up to, to this morning and your hair is like... Of course, yeah. It's not going to work. Even uh-huh. as an adult, it's going to it's gonna hurt you. So that's mm-hmm. one of the things I always tell them, that never comb this child's hair when it's it's dry. Right. If they have a spray bottle with water and oil or whatever you want to put, but never comb it dry. Because mm-hmm. that, the child is always going to cry. Yeah. And I think it's like little, little knowledge like that, that mm-hmm. is going to encourage parents to, because believe it or not, a lot of parents, a lot of moms 
like seeing your child's natural hair. Mm-hmm. It's just because they don't know what to do with it, and the child is also not bearing with them. Mm-hmm. So they just want to go with the easiest. But then when they go with the easiest way, which is putting relaxer, it mm-hmm. goes really, really wrong. Because every six weeks, mm-hmm. now you have to go do something to the hair. If not, yeah. everything is going to fall off. Yeah, I believe that. And, and I think, uh, to my point before, I feel like these... Uh, the words that are used on hair products are also very harmful. Like a, a lot of them say like for softer hair or for mm-hmm. mo- more moisturized hair or, you know, stuff like that. It sort of has a, not sort of, but it does have a negative effect on how mm-hmm. we perceive our hair. And do you think that like maybe these companies should change the way that they sort of call the products that we put in our hair. Give me an example of like... Like, for example, like Cantu, right? Cantu, Cantu's biggest marketing tool is softer hair, natural hair, make your hair less coarse. You know, like if you actually go and read onto like what they're marketing, it's like get your hair to a different place. But do you think that like... If we just teach that these are the these are the ways that you can you can make your hair moisturized as opposed okay. to making it seem like our hair is a product that you're gonna need to make it happen. Or right. Exactly. Like isn't it that the only thing that you're that you're saying is that in order to maintain our hair is that it just needs to be you need to make it a little bit wetter. It yeah. can't be like you, you can't just wake up in the morning and like have nothing in it. But yeah. what worries me is this idea of, of soft, softer hair, maintain your hair better, um, less coarse. But what if those are the characteristics of our hair is that it's coarse. Yeah. It's coarse. Exactly. So these products are making it seem like they make all that go away, which may not well, be like the case. Said, it, is, it is marketing, right? It is marketing, and believe it or not, let's just say I'm someone who does have a coarse hair, and I'm mm-hmm. looking at all these girls on YouTube, and now I see that, oh, okay, you know, they have a softer texture, and I want mine to look like that, because that's what is mostly represented. Yeah. I'm, when I see those products, I'm going to feel like, yeah, that's what's going to get me the results. Right. But... But it doesn't necessarily get you there because your your hair may be, like you said, a different texture it's from a, your yeah, 4C. So it all depends on the individual and um, themselves. Like if you if you're looking for a product validation, if you're looking, if you're trying to compare your hair to someone else, if you're mm-hmm. if you're not being honest mm-hmm. with how your hair looks, you're always going to fall into the, these um marketing scams mm-hmm. like you need you need to you need to acknowledge that okay this is the type of hair i have this is how my hair looks mm-hmm. now what is my hair lacking i feel like my hair is dry so yeah. now when i go out there i'm not going to look for something that says super curly because i know like i don't see the curls my curls are there but they're not loose as the other person's texture or the other person's curls mm-hmm. so what i'm going to look for is the, the food that my hair needs mm-hmm. in terms of moisturizing, in terms of defining curls, but not to get it into like a certain, like maybe I'm a 4C and I'm expecting uh, uh, a, um, what's it called, a, a1 or a2 texture. Mm-hmm. It starts with you being honest with yourself, saying, okay, this is what I have and this is what I'm going to use to work with. Yeah. So basically, the responsibility is also on us to not only, of course, watch what we're watching to put in our hair, but to also do their research and make sure that what we're looking at will, you know, will work for our hair. Now, that being said, is there a lot of products that are, that cater to 4C hair? Like what the the coarser yeah, that don't, don't you think that. the coarser you go in in hair the more the less products they are available for you? No, see that's why I don't like the term. Oh, I have 
force me. I have to. It doesn't matter. Mm, so, like, I, I like to com- I like to compare or give this example as your body, your your skin type. Uh-huh. So some like you, I might I use cocoa butter, cocoa butter Queen Elizabeth. Mm-hmm, same. The reason because I have a combination of dry skin, right? Mm-hmm. And during the summer, it works perfectly fine. Like I don't have like I love the cream in general. It doesn't do anything to me during the summer. Like I love it, but in the winter time, my skin tends to get a bit drier. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I need to add extra oil, or I need to add like do something different, like maybe shea butter during the winter. Mm. So I see the same thing as hair, where it's like basically when you say, "Oh, um, I have forced hair, and I'm looking for forced products." Girl, you're gonna be looking for it for a long time. Because you're basically saying, um, yeah. this white person cannot use my cream, or me, the black person, the white person can use my type of cream. Isn't that true? No, it's not true. It's so not true because a white person can use cocoa butter. It's just that we might use it less amount. So are you saying that, sorry, are you saying that a white person can use Contu and and all these other, like, Equagel and all that other stuff? There are some black products that you a, a white person can use, and there are some black, white products that, <laughs> I don't even like categorizing it like that, but there's, there's a product a product. Anyone can use that product. It just depends how you use it. But you agree that it's been marketed that it's, it's been separate. It's marketed that way. It is yeah. marketed that way, but... It's um, not necessarily true. It's not necessary. That's why I'm saying, like, I think these are some of the things that you need to know to inform mm-hmm. your clients. Because, well, it's one of these. Okay, so when I when I started going to hair school, obviously I went to Caucasian school because that's yeah. what is always out there. Oh, of course. <laughs> and she was saying, our teacher was like, oh, you shouldn't grease our scalp and it's too much oil, like, she was saying it in general, she wasn't saying it to black people, but she was mm-hmm. saying, like, you know, sometimes there are certain styles that we do, and then before you know it, you have added so much oil to your hair, and it just ruins the style. Mm-hmm. So, we as black students were like, no, 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 you need to put that oil and that grease and whatnot and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, we have to now listen to her, her explanation. Mm-hmm. And with time, obviously learning about hair, we got to find out that in a way she's right. And with that, I noticed a lot of my clients, because they say, oh, put castor oil or put coconut oil. Mm-hmm. They put so much coconut oil yeah. that at the end of the day, you can even use that coconut, the amount, the excess <laughs> amount of oil in your yes. hair. Yes, yes. But it doesn't, you shouldn't do that. You should mm-hmm. just put maybe a drop or two drops or whatever amount you need mm-hmm. to put it. It's the reason why sometimes they make it seem like a white product and a black product is not the same. Mm-hmm. It's because the texture, our texture can absorb more. Another, maybe a Caucasian person's hair cannot absorb more, but they all have different types of hair just as we do. So mm. maybe my, a fine hair, anyone who has fine hair yeah. cannot take a lot of oil, a lot of products compared to someone who has thick and more density hair mm. or in their hair can take more oil because it's, it's a lot. Mm. So, it's you. I wouldn't say, oh, this is for a black person, this is for a white person. That's really interesting. So that's basically, we could pretty much go to Shoppers Drug Mart and find our hair products, especially right now because, you know, of course, BSW, Chloria are not it's open. So yeah, you're yeah. saying that we could essentially go to go to Shoppers Drug Mart, use Tresemme, use Head and Shoulders, oh, and yeah. that would that would work fine. You just changed my life, literally. You can. You just have to read. It's like when you go to the grocery store and you pick up a box of cookies or whatever it is, you're looking for, like, the ingredients that is in there. Why is it that, why do you want to make it, why do you want to make it different for... Because that's, that's how it's literally been, like, the message has been constantly that you, when you want black products... You go to BSW or Chloré. Walmart will not have this. They won't have that. Shoppers will not have this or not have that. That is white people stuff. That is white people 
product. But that is such good information. No, um, you can use. You can yeah. use. It all depends on the amount. For right. Like, a lot of people think shea butter is just for black people. Shea mm. butter is for everyone. The only thing is that shea butter is a very, it's a grease. It's very heavy. Right. So if I was to put shea butter on a white, a Caucasian person's hair, mm-hmm. it might be, especially if it's a fine hair or a medium, it will be very heavy. The amount of the amount of shea butter I'm going to put in my hair mm-hmm. is going to vary from one person to another. Yeah. So it's the, it, it's the amount you put in your hair also affects a whole lot of things. So you can use white people's products. It's you just, just need to like read, be informed. Read what is in there? Yeah, right. it says it's for brittle or moisturized. You have to read what it's going to do for you. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, then you keep searching. So as long as, so if I'm looking for my hair, for example, like my hair is very dry because I have dry skin and mm-hmm. I don't really drink water. <laughs> if I was to find like, you know, fructus garnier and it said for dry hair, that would essentially work is what it you're saying. Work. Oh my work. god. That is really it will, it will work. It will work. But then again there's a marketing side of all that when I was in school they were like, those are not professional lines products to use. But I mean if it works, it works. If it doesn't work and you want to spend an extra fifty dollars mm. on like compared to like five dollars, mm. if you can afford it, fine. If not, then go with what works for you. Right. Okay. Well that that is good to know. I, I want to talk about this. So I have an issue. I, I, I get really weirded out by seeing the color of my hair, like my natural hair color. So I'm always dyeing it. I'm always like doing blonde or whatever color. And I've always had a thing with just, I just always felt weird about like having my hair natural. I don't know what it is. Did you ever struggle with like aspects of your your hair at all, or have you ever when because I know you're a hairdresser, do you ever notice that in your clients that they're struggling with just you know accepting Except their the hair color. the color or the texture or the bigness the thickness yeah i i they do I do too mm-hmm. but the, in terms of color, the natural state of your color, mm-hmm. say your hair is like, I don't know, um, my hair is like a brownish, like almost like I have question call. Okay, so, so if, <laughs> if your hair is brown mm-hmm. and you don't, you don't like it, if you don't like it, you just don't like it. I j- now, oh, I when your it. hair, with your hair being that color, there could be some factors that it's causing is has that been always your natural state of hair or yes from childhood then it is what it is (laughs) i know but it's like it's like a thing with you know when you have that thing that you're insecure about you know it made you feel insecure about it but if your hair is that it's that hair it's like it's like someone who is ginger you know Mm. like people make fun of them all the time but those who are able to to embrace it, they embrace it, and that's those are the ones you see. It's because probably they have said, like you know, the word I use, use question called like it's because that's something that people they've been saying it to us. So now yeah. it's like when you you have that look, you're like no, 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 no I don't want to look like it that. Is, oh, <laughs> no, like, like it's horrifying. Yeah, just yeah. looking at my hair, and I feel. There's a confidence that I feel when I, when I go out and dye my hair. And now that, of course, everything is closed, my hair is going back to its natural color and I'm trying not to freak out. What do you, what is your advice to people that are having issues like accepting their their hair or just really having a tough time being like, Oh my God, my hair is never going to be natural. Natural is not professional. Natural is not whatever perceptions they have. What, what advice do you? have for them i don't know why people say natural hair is like i'm not saying because you said it but it's it kind of when you google uh when you google unprofessional hairstyles on google black people come out black people come out but for me as a hairstylist i just it baffles me when i hear that people say natural hair is not pretty 
because me as a hairstylist or a ringer, when I'm, I'm touching people's hair, mm. it's beautiful. Like, everybody has different textures. Diff- like, everybody's different. Mm. Everybody's hair is completely different, and each hair has its own beauty. Mm-hmm. When it's in a natural, when it's in a healthy stage, mm-hmm. when your hair is not healthy, mm-hmm. you see it like the light, yeah, the 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 shade or the natural color is gonna be off. Right. It's gonna feel, it's gonna look a bit like something that is dead, like it's not lively. But when your natural hair is very healthy, no matter the color, you're supposed to see some shine, some sheen, like some something, but- something <clears throat> really nice about it. But you know, you you're gonna take care of something that you love, and I think that that is, in order to get to that place of being able to take care of it and give it the nutrients that it that it needs, mm-hmm. you have to love it. You can't take care of something you hate. So how can people get to that place of just loving their hair? Well, like what are some steps hearts, they can take? The hard truth is just to say, listen, this is the hair that I that grows as myself, mm-hmm. and the thing is to is to accept it. And how do I say it? It's like someone who's trying to lose weight. You mm-hmm. first you have to accept that okay, I'm not the size that I want to be. Now, what do I do to get to the level or to the to the size that I want? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a hard truth that you have to, to 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 tell yourself because if you're always running away from it, and think, I don't like it. I want to change it. I don't like it. I'm going to change it. Mm-hmm. You're never you're you're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to be you're you're always going to be running away from something. And mm-hmm. because you're running away from something, you're always going to avoid doing the right things to it. But if you accept that this is how my hair looks like, mm-hmm. or my hair is probably like it's being coarser than other people. Mm-hmm. Now, whenever you're going to feel comfortable with the type of product, you're going to be more, I feel like you're going to be more relaxed and more confident in terms of product that you're using and things that you're going to be doing to your hair. Mm-hmm. Because that's, it's the lack of confidence mm-hmm. that makes people chase after things that they shouldn't be doing to their hair or yeah. products that they shouldn't be buying right. from their hair just because they, they haven't come to an honest conclusion with themselves now we were talking about buying products there are people out there who probably are listening to this and they're like okay abby like i know you said to buy products but are there natural things that people can use to take care of their hair if they don't have the resources the money to get hair products say from shoppers or chlore Mm -hmm. i'm not an expert in the natural ingredients or the natural homemade stuff Mm -hmm. but i know do you know of like efficient hair products that are maybe not as costly are you talking about like you know like uh some oils oils hair hair moisturizers yeah remedies if you have any me personally i like shea butter shea butter do you have a certain brand that you use Um, I try avoiding the BSW Okay. I try avoiding. Um, if you're looking for shea butter, you can always reach out to me. Oh. Uh, one, of, one of the things that I like to use is uh, shea butter and black soap. Black soap, especially if you haven't done a wash in a long time. Mm-hmm. Then you just take out your braids mm-hmm. and you need a really, really, really good wash. Right. So you, I, I suggest black soap. Mm-hmm. And then followed by a soft <clears throat> That's those are two two of my favorite favorite products. Then there the other ones. Other ones basically it's just what you're looking for. Like I I oh the other thing too I tried mm-hmm. to go for sulfate free shampoos. Sulfate free. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. Sulfate free shampoos help because it's like is that as harsh on your hair mm-hmm. so i tend to go with that and i think the one that i use is ooh, i forgot the name but argan oil i forgot i forgot their brand but mm-hmm. yeah, we can like, put everything i guess your recommendations in the comment section when this podcast comes out okay yeah the other thing i want to touch on now black people and business in like in terms of hair 
Do you think that black people are getting the short end of the stick? I feel that way, but I'll get your I'll get your piece first. What do you mean? In terms of like, so when you look at stores like Chloray and BSW, uh, Shea Moisture is owned by a white guy. BSW Chloray is typically owned by Asians. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, you you we are obviously like on the front lines. We're working in Chloray. We're working in BSW. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to Shea Moisture commercials, the girls typically mixed, but still, we're still at the front line. Do you think that we're getting the short end of the stick when it comes to being represented by these? We're not really benefiting in a, in, in a financial way from these products that are being marketed to our community. Mm-hmm. I always definitely we're not, we're not. And that is also because mm-hmm. like for chlorines and stuff, like there was a, a lady that I spoke to owns, she owns a shop. Right. Here in um, Scarborough. Mm-hmm. And I, I curiously just asked her, like, how is business? Like, what's, you know, how is it? Well, how would you compare it a couple of years before, you know, to now? Mm-hmm. And she was saying that it seems like the Asians have, are more of the monopoly in this business because before, as a as a, a black business owner, mm-hmm. you know, her, her beauty supply, she used to supply to other stores. Mm-hmm. So she used to be, you know, she, she used to supply, you know, was an extra, it was extra for her. She was making what she had, she was doing really well until these people came in, the Asians. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, what, what makes people go toward down is, is the price. Yes. It's, uh, it's the price. And they have the manpower. And they have the manpower. But at the same time, uh, I don't, know what goes on like I, I feel like I'm like yet at the bottom of the iceberg because I don't mm-hmm. know what exactly happens mm-hmm. behind everything that we see but the question I always ask is like how is it that we who uses who use these products mm-hmm. are not able to benefit franchise or create or not only benefit by why is it that we're not creating like enough for like for us to use. For example, when I went to Nigeria mm-hmm. or even Ghana, this expression mm-hmm. they have their own they their their own there. Like they you they have made in Nigeria, made in, you know, Ghana and all that. Mm-hmm. And even with the one that I took from here and went there, they were like, What is this hair? This hair is like very cheap. This is not real. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so I started thinking, I'm like, okay, so you guys don't have a factory. And apparently they do have a factory. But the thing is, they will do the hair and then the Chinese people will still make a, a coffee out of it for cheaper. Right. And what is, and people always want something cheap. Right? Of course. So it, it's, I don't know exactly what's happening. I don't know how we can fix that, but you know, I'm still growing. One yeah, we'll figure it out. But I, I definitely feel like we don't, we don't benefit out of it. And at the same time, there's a flip side of that because mm-hmm. if a Chinese person is selling it for five dollars, right, and I'm selling it for four dollars, I'm selling it for like maybe six dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you'd rather go buy it from them right. rather than from me. But some someone else might feel like, no, 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 I want to buy it from my black person because I want to support my black business. Mm-hmm. So it all, it, it comes around sometimes to a personal. It is like, is this worthwhile? Well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really don't have a really strong answer for that. Right. But, at same, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, we're not, we're not benefiting enough. And it's sad to go to Chloray or all those few places and we're mm. the frontline workers and sometimes it's just recently they're even allowing some of the black girls be at the cash before mm-hmm. it was mostly the the owners that were or the owners had to look over their shoulders yeah so i feel two things one is definitely so bl- like black people in general i think are disenfranchised just naturally, if you look at our population, the amount of black people that are able to start a business are not very many. The amount of 
Asian people or white people, Indians who are able to start their own business are a lot bigger. And so that, that sort of puts us at an, at a disadvantage. One thing that I really like in, uh, this is <laughs> not related to hair, but in Rwanda, for example, the president, it doesn't matter what you want to do in Rwanda. If you want to start any business, you must have a Rwandese citizen as the CEO. So front, like it gives, a Rwandese citizen, like, it gives them, like, part of that financial benefit so that you're not just coming into Rwanda and, and running your business and not forgetting that, you know, you're benefiting from this country. So I feel like that doesn't exist when it comes to whatever is being sold uh, and marketed to black people. We are, especially black women, and Malcolm X has talked about this. We are the bottom of the food chain. And unfortunately, that that becomes present in a lot of what we do. Now, I also have another theory. So, and a lot of people said this when I, I told them I was going to do a black hair episode. They have said that, honestly, when they do go to black-owned businesses, the customer service is lacking. What do you have to say about that? Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what do you think? Because I, I think I think customer service is a huge, huge piece of any business. But I'm going to stick more into hair because that's what I know. Definitely, I think yeah. customer service, to me, is very important because mm-hmm. that's how I get my clients. <laughs> that's how I keep them. Right. Because every everybody wants something good. Everybody wants, I know. And people want to be feel like so their their pro- their money is valued. Like you value what exactly. they're bringing. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I I think it's it's all it's an individual. Now I see it as a, an individual choice. Like some people feel like, oh, it's why do I need to be extra nice or why do I need to design sound a certain way or act a certain way? But for me, I guess because of my past experiences from where I've worked, it made me realize how customer service is super important. So now I'm able to take that into my personal business and know and make like the way if I if I go to work and I have to give a hundred percent of customer service to a client, mm-hmm. if I'm doing it for another person's business, I should be able to do the same thing for my own business. Right. It's just that the other person is paying me like the, the the boss I'm being paid for to do it, but this is like my own, so I have to even go 110 to to give a customer service. Now yeah. I I've heard many times that people say, "Oh, I'm not going back to this person because of lack of customer service." Right, and it hurts me to hear that because it's only people can realize how much customer service is super important. I think a lot of people were their their clients. So you admit um, that it, it is a prevalent issue that we have with with black it, it, hair. Not even just black, but black businesses. The, the customer service tends to be lacking, and you yeah. don't expect people to go back and buy products from you if you're not treating them properly. I think I think a lot of them don't know. I think a lot of them are not either. They don't have people skills, <laughs> or <laughs> they've never really been. Hmm. Not thoughts, but they've never really been explained what what is customer service. You might be on to something because I deal with the same problem in Uganda when I, I think, go visit. I think it's just it's, it's a courtesy. It's it's a way of it's it's it's. I think it's because they haven't been they haven't been thoughts or someone hasn't really brought it to that shit because there are a lot of even when I go to the market back home mm-hmm. those people who, there's some of them who has excellent customer service it might not be the same customer service mm-hmm. that we have or that we have in, in our Canadian culture right. or the Western world culture but back home it's like someone will be like hey pretty girl come 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 and it's all that is customer service oh what do you want to do don't worry I'll give mm-hmm. it to you oh I don't have it but I can go ask someone else so right. all that is customer service right. you know 
but I think I think it's an individual thing, and at the same time, I think it's like some people just don't know what customer service is. But it's definitely a super important aspect to have. Yeah. When you're <laughs> Absolutely, and and it, it seems it's such a big problem. I won't say the store that I'm going to talk about, but I remember going to a store in Scarborough, and I was looking for. I was looking for, I think it was like, what is it called? That curly one, perm press or press some. And so I said, hi, uh, this is what I'm looking for. And she's like, ah, go to the, if you go to the back, eh, you will find them there. They're just there. And she's like, she got back to her, to her Nollywood movie. And I was like, what the hell was that? And so I went to the back and I was like, I didn't find it. And she's like, it's there. Go and look for it. And then that's when I said, you know what? This is ridiculous. No more. This is ridiculous. And I, and I deal with that, not necessarily hair, because I will be yeah. honest, they aren't a lot of black owned hair stores where I am. No, it's getting smaller. Small. What? What? I'm very hopeful that we're going to bounce back. I hope so. And I think the customer service piece is a huge part. You hear people joking about how bad customer service is in, in African restaurants or or black restaurants. And it is all fun and games, but it does have an impact on how we are perceived and, and how much money we really, really make and how we grow. Yeah, yeah. It, it really, it really does. Like I've had, like I said, I've heard personal stories where... Not necessarily that it happened to me, but someone was, I think I wasn't around to do someone's hair or client's hair. And so they went on Instagram and they went and was looking for a new person. Right. And actually, no, she wanted to color her hair. Mm-hmm. And because she wanted to color her hair, she went and was calling people to ask, you know, like, are you open? Like she was asking me for information, you know. Mm-hmm. And she said she didn't even ask the person. She didn't even book an appointment right there. The person's like, oh, this is how much I charge. Mm-hmm. And she was like, but I never asked for that. Yeah. And then another one, she called someone to, to twist. Actually, she was inquiring for someone else. And right. when she messaged the person, she said the reception alone. It was over the phone. It's not even face-to-face. Just with the reception that she got was right. like, it's like, Hi, hi. Do you break? Yes. Can you break twist? Yes. And that was it. <laughs> like, there's, there's no, like, there's nothing. It's like, it's that kind of service to me. It's, it's more of like, okay, well, you want to do your hair, so you tell me what's up. But sometimes a client comes to you and they don't, they're not sure. They're not sure of what they want. Right. Um, what they're looking for. So sometimes they're looking for that person. They're looking for the right hairdresser. So as, as customer service will definitely bring you that person, whether mm-hmm. they know what they want or not. But it's just the way that you talk to them, mm-hmm. you feel, whether you can rate or not, just because you give them a good customer service, they're coming to you. Def- so, it goes such a long way, guys. Such yeah, a long so way. I, I don't know, but in the future, hopefully when I start teaching very soon yes please god you need to have like a separate introduction to customer service yeah like (laughs) and they do teach that at school but i guess it all comes down to a personal thing like my boss once told me one of my boss told me you know what i can i can help you learn customer service i'm going to teach you customer service very true because it's a personal thing so So the the other thing I want to touch on before we wrap up is maintenance. We've yeah. talked a little bit about this. Do you think black hair is really hard to maintain like we have been taught to believe? Is it hard to maintain? Is our hair sort of difficult? You know, I've heard things like, oh, well, you know, by the time I have to like deep condition, I got a deep condition yeah. for a day. I have to do this for a whole day. My my hair takes a whole day to do. What do you want to do? You want to speak to that and you know, kind of re re. I guess rebuff all the all those perceptions. Everything is rebuttal, false. not rebuff. <laughs> what the hell? Okay. Rebuttal. Um, no, our hair is not difficult. Our hair is not hard to maintain. Mm-hmm. And no, our hair is also not ugly. Like you said, we have 
we have beautiful hair. Like, mm-hmm. our hair, any hair, but because I work with black hair, I think that's what I'm going to stress on. It's extremely beautiful. It's not hard to maintain. It all comes down to you embracing what you have. Mm-hmm. If you are not happy with what you have, you're always going to be looking for something else. You're always going to be comparing yourself to someone else's hair. For instance, my curl type is going to be different from your curl type. Mm-hmm. But I'm expecting my hair to react like your curl. So what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Every day I'm going to sit here and twist my hair because I want to have that same type of curls as yours. Mm-hmm. But see, yours is natural. Yours, as soon as you put water, it curls up. It's, it's done. Oh, mine will have to go extra mile. Yeah. To get that. So that's it's not mine. It's not. That's not my type of curl. Mm-hmm. So I have to figure out styles or things that is going to suit my texture, my type. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So for instance, like I've been trying to introduce like this twist, just normal twist mm-hmm. to to some black ladies. Some have responded really well to it. Some don't. Mm-hmm. And I realize that those ones who don't are those ones who are not pretty much confident yet with their natural hair. Right. Because they expect it to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Those who have accepted it and are like, yeah, I like this natural twist, mm-hmm. they love it. Like, they are able to keep it for a whole month. Mm-hmm. And all they do is just get up and put on some mist and some oil or whatever it is and they're gone. But if you want your hair to look a certain type of way, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to find it annoying and kind of challenging every single day trying to do something with it. So I'm um, hearing a few things. You're saying that, first of all, you need to take the time to learn about your hair. Yeah. Your specific hair. And then find the products that work for you, realizing that your products will not necessarily be what this other person uses. And your hair pattern is not going to, sorry, your curl pattern is not going to be the same as somebody else. And it's good to come to that realization. Okay. Very, very. That's basically it. Again, let me give the example as you being lighter and I'm dark. Mm -hmm. You can use the same cream, but now if I want to look lighter like you, Mm -hmm. what do I have to do? I have to start bleaching, right? Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing you're doing to your hair. You want your hair to look like you. I want my hair to look like you. So Mm -hmm. now I'm going to go extra mile to start putting products here, do that there, put this and this, and it's like, it's tiring. I just want to get up and go. Yeah. (laughs) No, I hear that. Yeah. It's it's more of self like embracing what you have and knowing how to work with it. I okay. My final question is: If you could wave a magic wand, what would black hair are whether it's thinking of it in a perception sense, in a business sense, in a parents' children? What do you think it would look like? to you like what does that look like in terms of like how we look at black hair as black people how we sorry, in in, how in a perfect world yeah what do you think whether you like whatever context you're thinking of it whether it's like how we feel about our hair or how you know maybe you're like if i could wave, like for me if i could wave a magic wand I would want black people to own black hair products, to own, to, to be empowered in that, in that way to like, cause there are a lot of talented black people out there, but it's not a sustainable business for a lot of people that they can do. So my, if I could, in a magical world, I would give black people that just anybody who wants to do hair to, to be able to have their resources to do something like that and benefit from these companies just as well as Asians and white people are benefiting right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it will be more of embracing and accepting what you have. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, that's one of the biggest <clears throat> things I've noticed in my clients and in the black community mm-hmm. where we are not content with what we have. Mm-hmm. So that is what leads us to always falling for some random products and stuff or doing yeah. certain things to our hair. But in a magical world, if I was, if what I would want is for people to actually realize that 
this is my hair and this is what I need to do with my hair to for it to, to look good. Mm. And someone who is listening is probably like, you know, they want to, they're saying, oh, Abby's a hairdresser. What was your journey? I don't want you to go through the whole synopsis, but, or the whole entire journey. But what is one piece of advice you can give people who are starting up and they want to, they want to start doing hair. They want to be professional. They want to have clients. I would say definitely go for school. Okay. So school is the first step. You can start. I mean, you can, you can, because maybe someone already has the experience. Someone, we all come from, you know, everybody has their own different ways of learning or gaining experience. Mm -hmm. But no matter what you do, go back to, like, go to school. Mm -hmm. You can either do it online, wherever it is, just have the basic, like, because in school, they'll teach you coloring, they'll, they'll teach you cuts, they'll teach you so many things. But at the end of the day, there's a bottom line to theory in terms of what is hair and what hair is supposed to look like. And customer service. Like. <laughs> if you and, don't have it. And customer service a yeah. little bit, but more of like, you know, the biggest piece. Because I feel like if we, if you have the theory, if you have knowledge about it, you're able, you're going to be able to empower Mm -hmm. your clients empower the community to 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 accept you know their hair as is rather than you not knowing anything at all and just saying whatever you have to say Mm -hmm. so definitely so definitely this like education background Mm -hmm. and then the other thing is if you want to be a jack of all trades, that's good for you. But at the same time, try to pick something that you're going to be able to give your one hundred and ten percent. Like find um, your niche find and stick niche to it, and, ex- and stick to it. I mean, if you do whatever, you can do so many other things, mm-hmm. you know. But there's always a difference when you when there's one that one thing that don't you know how to do. Mm-hmm. No one can take that away from you. And that's probably one of the reasons why you decided to become a hairdresser. And also, mm-hmm. if you're a hairdresser, if you are thinking of becoming a hairdresser, don't limit yourself as, oh, I want to be a hairdresser for the rest of my life, or I want to just be behind the chair. Mm-hmm. There are so many things you can do in the hair industry. Mm-hmm. You can be a teacher. You can be, there's so, there's, there's like so many things you can do. So mm-hmm. I don't like the asking that one like oh I'm a hairdresser or I want to be a hairdresser they just think that it's just holding comb and hair you know mm. in their they're so that it's like you can do so much so mm. okay. those are the things because I feel like we limit ourselves a lot and then we leave leave some of the things to other people like in turn like for example why would we let you know I'm not being racist or anything but the Chinese people having owning our businesses Based right. on things that we normally use. And but know really well. Sorry? And we, we tend to know them because I, I've noticed when I go to, to Chloray and, and BSW and I, sometimes the black girls are not available. And so you ask the Asian person and they're like, Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. So. Yeah. We should be yeah. owning the stores. We should be essentially. owning the stores. But at the end of the day, there's probably a reason why we're not owning the stuff. But. If, if you shouldn't limit yourself to say I'm a hairdresser and therefore I'm going to stand behind the chair, mm-hmm. you could you could have so like so many things. You could have magazines. You could be a photo photo like uh, photographer for mm-hmm. hair. You can do so much as long as you have the passion, the the the, the art for hair. Right. It's endless the things you can do. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you want to be working with hair, you definitely need some theory background. Hmm. It really, really, really helps. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You gave us really good tips. Definitely for me, especially learning that I can literally go into shoppers and buy products for myself. I've been wasting all this money on Kantu. I'm making sure this, I'm making sure that now that I don't have to do all that, I can literally go buy Tresemme. I'm Tresemme is actually a very good product. And it's cheaper, (laughs) you know? Really good. It's, uh, really, it's, it's Salon used a product, L'Oreal and Chesney's. It's a really good one. If not, mm. you can also go to Claire. Is it mm. Claire or this is Sally's? 
Sally's. Okay. They have a lot of professional products. Right. I've seen a few of those, so maybe I'll check them out. I think that's two or three Scarborough. Right. So you can go there too. We'd rather be going to do supplies. What's a BSW? There's so many. You just have to look for what is good for people. Like, what does your hair need, and Mm. what is that product that can help your hair? Now, you are a hairdresser, and you have shea butter that you sell, correct? Yes, but I'm almost out of stock. Okay. <laughs> so, but no, definitely, I, well, with all everything happening, I don't know the next time I'm going to get, I'm going to get some, some stuff, but okay. otherwise, yes, I do normally do sell shea butter. Should people contact you if they want their hair braided? Definitely. I okay. Have- <laughs> so guys, we're going to put Abby's contact information, her email um, in the description box. Be sure to support her. She is a black woman in case that was not obvious, but she's oh. out here <laughs> making big moves. And yeah. when her shea butter is available, I will put that on Instagram and uh, or all our social media and stuff like that. Make sure you follow Black Queens Republic. Uh, it's called, it's Republic Queens on Twitter and Black Queens Republic on Instagram and Facebook. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple and SoundCloud. Abigail, do you have any famous last words? Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem. Thank you so much for joining us. See you guys next week. All right. Bye. Bye.